Well, kia ora, hello and welcome to the Coast Vineyard Podcast. Whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, it's so good to have you listening in. We hope and pray that wherever you may find yourself at today, that the message that you're about to hear would be helpful for your journey of faith. So without further ado, let's get into this week's message. So we're, um, we're just going to finish the Psalms today. We've been going through this series. Uh, who's been finding that helpful? Some few of you, that's good. It's Psalms. It's, it's, I think one of the big takeaways from going through the Psalms is re- seeing again that it's okay to be real with God, that we can keep it real. Like what? It, that wasn't me. Keeping it real. And, you know, whatever our emotions, you know, if we're having a, a, a grumpy day or a, or a sad day or a, a rough day, yeah, we can talk to God about that. It's just been so helpful and Psalms gives us language for this. And so, N.T. Wright, one of the, the New Testament, uh, the world leading probably New Testament scholar, I know we, we refer to him a lot, I just find him so helpful. He was saying this, he's a big fan of the Psalms, he was saying this, I find it impossible to imagine a growing and maturing church or individual Christian doing without the Psalms. That's a big statement, isn't it? Eugene Peterson wrote a book. Uh, Eugene Peterson translated the Bible and became the Message Bible. A lot of people found that really helpful. He also he's written he wrote a number of books. Uh, one of them is called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. And if you're wanting to grow in your faith, just getting a little kind of a kickstart in your faith, it's a great book. And he says this early on in the book. He says, you know, the people I was around didn't pray the Psalms. That puzzled me. Christians have always prayed the Psalms. So this morning. Obviously, we're well into the, um, the service. I'm not going to do a long message or a deep message this morning. But what I want to do as we finish the series on the Psalms, I want to invite us again to be a people who are worshippers of God as we see that in the Psalms the whole way through. To Invite us again to be worshippers of God. About a third of the psalms are what they call the praise psalms, just songs of worship. The last six psalms, Psalms 145 through to 150, they're just songs of worship, just songs of praise. The very last psalm, Psalm 150, it starts off, praise the Lord. It ends up, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And then it finishes. Praise the Lord. That's a worship song. You know, the, some of you will know this, but the Vineyard Church movement was birthed out of a people that discovered just the the richness in worshiping God. It was uh, early seventies. There was a bunch of leaders and uh, in Anaheim, California, and that sort of area there, just up the road from Disneyland. And uh, they had been serving God and were, were burnt out, were worn out. And they just didn't know what to do. They, um, and God really spoke to them and just said, like, you've been doing all of this for me, but you don't really know me. And there was just a deep repentance that took place and just a few of them just started gathering. I know it's a picture of like a bigger space, but a few of them started gathering in a home 
And they just, like I say, they, they were just humble before God. And they started singing songs that were songs of love to God. You know, back then, most of the songs were songs just stating how good God is and how awesome he is, which are great to sing those songs. But there was something that they discovered around an intimacy in these songs. And they found that as they sang these songs, simple songs, just saying, I love you, Lord, that the presence of God came and they were just... And, and in, in a way that was just life-changing and remarkable, and people heard about it, and more people started coming, and before you knew it, the, uh, you know, the vineyard movement, it, um, it, became, it grew to what it is today, where there is thousands of vineyard churches all around the world. Uh, I wrote down here about these, these groups, that uh, the songs of intimate worship became a primary prayer language for them. And they just, out of that, they grew this love for experiencing and meeting with God. So this is why we sing songs of praise and thankfulness to God. It's, it's, to be, it's, it's this language of intimacy, of knowing God, and, and seeking to pr- press in to meet with Him. Not just, it's not just a group karaoke Okay, if you're here for the first time and you've never been to church before, you might be thinking like, this is group karaoke. The words come up on the screen and everyone sings along. Well, it's not, it's, it's not, and it's not just that we're keeping alive some old traditions of the people of God, of the church. This is, this is real. This is a, a way where so many people have discovered is that as they open their hearts and worship to God, that they meet with him. And there's something about songs that opens our hearts in ways nothing else can. People talk about that at concerts. They talk, like people that aren't spiritual people, they almost talk about concerts as a spiritual experience. Because there's just something about singing that opens hearts. We talked about that when we did the, um, the interview with Dean and Joe. You know, we talked about how you know, singing can just open hearts in ways that nothing else can. So, you know, we can bring worship to God and we can open up to God's goodness pouring in. His presence, His empowering, His healing, His joy, His passion, life. Again, Eugene Peterson says this, Worshipping God faithfully and devoutly is one of the most important acts of Christian discipleship. You read through this book that he wrote, a long obedience in the same direction. And he's just inviting people like, this will change your life. This dynamic of singing songs of worship to God will change your life. I'm going to, I read through Psalm 145, 146, 47, 48, 49, 150. Here's some reasons that are stated here about why God is worth worshiping. You ready? Okay. He cares for us, mere mortals. He gets us out of trouble. He provides for us. He chooses us. God helps us do what we are made for. He is great. He does miraculous things. He answers our prayers. He is good. He is gracious and compassionate. He is slow to anger. He is rich in love. He is good to all. He is powerful. He is trustworthy. He lifts up those who fall and those who are humble. He is near when we call. He saves us. He watches over us. He watches over the foreigner and the fatherless and the widow. 
He created the world and the sky and all its beauty, the oceans, the creatures, the storms, the mountains, the trees. He heals the brokenhearted. He delights in those who put their hope in his love, and he is king over all. That's the God I want to worship. That just makes me want to worship God. But you know, sometimes we can read these things and we can think, you know, Eugene... You know, like when he's talking about how you've got to worship, you know, Eugene, it just sounds like um, nothing bad ever happens to God's people. When you read that, it's just like, it's just a bed of roses the whole way through. And, um, and like I say, this was a great book, uh, this book. I highly recommend it for you. Eugene Peterson says this. He says, you know, the promise of the Psalms, and both Hebrews and Christians have always read it this way, is not that we will never stub our toes. But that no injury, no illness, no accident, no distress will have evil power over us. That is, we'll be able to separate us from God's purposes in us. You know, every page of the Bible, just about, there's a recognition that our faith encounters troubles. But the Psalms remind us that our story is not the story of our troubles. Our story is that we celebrate our God who is with us in our troubles. With us on the journey. This is important here. You, you, we can't make the mistake of thinking that if something difficult happens to us, that God has somehow taken his eyes off us and he's looking more at the cooler Christians. Like, we can't make the mistake of thinking that, you know, just because our faith has got a, is, is just sort of cooled down a little bit for whatever reason or, you know, we've, we've sort of stumbled a little bit in our journey of faith. We can't make the mistake of thinking that, that because of that, God has taken his eyes off us. Because he always has his eyes on us. And that we see that in the Psalms. He never takes, regardless of our spiritual temperature, God's eyes are always on us. You know, we started this Psalm series. We put out a request to, to you all. So like, would you like to send in a little video of uh, telling us a story about how Psalms have been really helpful for you. And we've, we've seen a number of those on our uh, Sunday uh, streaming. And uh, today we're going to hear from, uh, from Monique Vicada and her journey through challenge, the Psalms and worship. So why don't we fire that up, uh, guys? So just have a look up on the screens for this one. Good morning. For those of you that don't know me, I am Monique. Um, I would like to share with you a psalm that is not my favorite psalm necessarily, but it is definitely one um, that reminds me of how close God is involved in our lives and how he sees all the detail of it. And um, so yeah, 12 years ago, I suddenly lost my husband. Um, I was left with my four-year-old son. And as you can appreciate, these times were very tough for us. Um, with all my family at the other side of the world. Um, there was communication going back and forth, but it wasn't always very clear. And soon we found that there was a lot of accusations towards me and how I dealt with things. 
and on top of what I was going through that really hurt and I really felt accused as such and um, and then I was reading this psalm Psalm 71 and I will read it to you um, yeah verse 13 we'll start with verse 13 may my accusers perish in shame may those who want to harm me be covered with scorn and disgrace as for me I will always have hope I will praise you more and more my mouth will tell of your righteous deeds of your saving acts all day long though I know not how to relate to them all I will come and proclaim your mighty acts sovereign Lord I will proclaim your righteous deeds yours alone since my youth God you have taught me and to this day I declare your praise even when I'm old and gray do not forsake me my God till I declare your power to the next generation your mighty acts to all who are to come your righteousness God reaches to the heavens you who have done great things who is like you God though you have made me see troubles many and bitter you will restore my life again and comfort me once more starting with the accusations it was just as if God was saying to me I see how they are hurting you I see it is unfair and I will let you know that you are not alone in this. And then he also showed me that I was praising him. And I can assure you, I wasn't dancing. But he was seeing that on the inside, I was still 110% convinced that he is good. And like verse 15 says, I might, have, might not have related or understood the what, where and why of what I was going through, but it didn't change who God is. And I will always, always have hope as long as I've got him. And last but not least, in verse 21, he gives me a new outlook, light at the end of my tunnel, by promising me that he will restore my life and comfort me in the process. As with a lot of the Psalms, they take us on a journey of the emotional roller coaster of life. And through it, God reveals his heart for us and gives us the word to praise him through the ups and downs. To me, the Psalms are real and relevant. What is not to love about them? Thanks, Monique. Thanks for the honesty. Thanks for keeping it real. Um, let me ask you this uh, this morning. Like, do you want to know God more? Do you want to know God more? Do you want more of the goodness of God flowing into your life? And I would just encourage us to be people who worship. You know, worship opens us up. It, it opens us. And, and just allows us to experience more of God and his presence and his blessing. And, and I'd also say about this, a lot of people think like, well, you know, I don't really, don't want to, I don't want to be a hypocrite. Or I don't, sometimes I don't really feel like it. And again, let me tell you something that was, this is so helpful. Again, Eugene Peterson says this. In this age, we think that if we don't feel something, 
there can be no authenticity in doing it. But the wisdom of God says something different, that we can act our way into a new way of feeling much quicker than we can feel ourselves into a new way of acting. <clears throat> Worship is an act that develops feelings for God, not a feeling for God that is expressed in the act of worship. When we obey the command to praise God and worship, our deep essential need to be in relationship with God is nurtured. You need to, need to grab a hold of this. And again, worship does not satisfy our hunger for God. It whets our appetite. Our need for God is not taken care of by engaging in worship. It deepens. You know, one, of the, one of the deepest desires as your pastor is to see our church become a worshipping people. Because it nurtures our relationship with God, it opens our hearts to God's presence, releases the activity of God in our lives. You know, as we see, you know, bringing healing and miracles and peace, joy. I tell you, for me, like worship has literally changed my life. Seriously, I'm not just saying that because I'm a pastor and you're supposed to say that. Like, it has literally changed my life. Like, my initial training uh, was as a civil engineer. They don't teach you about singing and worshipping God in engineering. Like, I've had to learn how to worship. But as I've learned to be a worshipper, it has changed my life. It has changed my life, and it still does. Love my time, love driving in on a Sunday morning to church and Life FM, have like worship morning and I'm just like belting it out. and It's just good, it's good. So friends, this morning, will we draw on this inspiration from the Psalms to become a worshipping people? Will we do that? We're going to celebrate communion together very shortly. And let's make our communion time a time of worship. And then after that, we're going to sing a closing song, a song of celebration, a song again where we can open our hearts and, and worship God. And let's just make this whole time from now right through to the end, even in our conversations after church is finished, let's just make it a time of worship where we are opening our hearts and giving our love and thankfulness and praise to God. And here's something for you. As we celebrate, as we sing this closing song, which is going to be after communion, how about this? If you don't usually sing, why don't you sing? If you don't usually like, raise your hands in worship, oh, this is getting out there, maybe get them up to here. And, and just, there is something about expressing our worship physically that, opens up our hearts and if this is normally your limit why don't you go for the full Y <laughs> yeah you know how to do it you've done this YMCA you know how to I know I've seen you do the Y but first let's worship God through uh, communion and and let's worship I know with communion sometimes with communion we can go into library mode you know what library mode is Don't not disturb anyone. Let's just keep it, keep it celebratory. It's a celebration this morning. Celebrate. So when Jesus had the last supper with his disciples and he told 
of his impending death, this is the, just the days before he was crucified and the resurrection, he told his disciples in the upper room of his impending death, but he also told them of his impending resurrection. He said, in a while, you will see me no more. And then in a little while after, you will see me again. And often when we take communion, we can think of Friday. And it's important to think of Friday when Jesus died, when we see him no more. But today, let's be, as we take communion, let's be thinking of the resurrection, the celebration of the Jesus being raised from the dead, defeating death, opening up to access to, to God the Father for all. And consider the gifts of God. You know that list I, re I read out? Consider the gifts of God, forgiveness, peace, salvation, his presence amongst us, answered prayers, the miracles, the beauty of the world around us. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. Let's celebrate. Thanks again for tuning in to today's message. We hope and pray that it's been most helpful. If you're keen to find out more about us as a church whānau, you're welcome to go to coast.org.nz or, of course, we'd love to meet you in person. We meet at 10am at Aurewa College on the beautiful Hibiscus Coast and you're more than welcome. Be blessed and have a great day.